0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking waiver wire pickups to win your home league playoffs, deep dynasty waivers additions for the stretch run. Plus, Dave and I's performance report and high stakes fantasy and more on RotoViz Radio.
2: What's up, RotoViz?
1: Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Caban. And we're here to talk about the money weeks here in fantasy football. Uh, There's a winter crisp in the air, Dave. And um, it's just, this is a real, this is a special time of year in many, many ways. But um, you know, it's, it's like a whole nother layer of strategy for the teams that have made it through the trench warfare of the first 14 weeks of the NFL season and you know you, you made it to your fantasy playoffs, and now you're thinking, how in the heck am I going to survive? Like half my roster's injured, or I lost my starting quarterback. Never fear, we've got some stuff for you in this episode that I think is going to calm you down. We're going to review some of uh, Bjorn's uh, priority pickups from Merdevis.com. This is going to help out, you know, those of you that are in your home leagues, or you know, maybe some of those public. Uh, for money leagues on the you know the big platforms, your ESPNs, your Yahoo's, what have you. Then Dave and I are going to review a couple of the waiver additions that we're putting into some of our dynasty squads uh, that are into the playoffs. And then we're going to round it up with a check-in on our co-owned team with the listener. How are we looking in the Fantasy Pros Championship? Dave and I's main event squad, what does that look like? And then, you know, maybe we'll talk about some best ball results. So a little bit of everything going to cover a lot of territory here in quick fashion tonight. So, um, Dave, first off, how are you following the events of week 14?
3: Uh, I'm still I'm still together here. You know, uh, overall, it was it's been and it looks like it's going to be a really good season. But I'm still trying to recover from maybe one of the hardest beats that I've ever had last night on multiple levels heading into about literally one minute and 30 seconds left in that game i was in an act like a fantasy pros championship league where we were tied at 112.85 points a little scramble from Tua was enough to push them over the edge which then also knocked me out of advancing in two best ball mania leagues
1: <laughs> Dude, that's terrible. Believe it or not, that tiny little oh my gosh, yeah, so uh, a league swing right there. So yeah, that's brutal.
3: It was, but it, it was a great sweat last night for many of my teams, and it just made me, you know, appreciative of once you reach here, how you really can be hanging on every little action that happens on that football field. There was implications abound last night. This is when it gets really fun. If you're still listening, you're still in it. So you have a lot of this to come. Uh, so I'm getting, uh, you know, amped up about navigating through the rest of this year and then hearing, uh, you know, from all of our listeners out there too that are going to have some success.
1: Yeah, I that, you know, you just reminded me of one of the underrated parts of the fantasy football playoffs. It's not like, I think once you start playing in volume, this kind of goes away. I remember when I got into fantasy Checking the lineup of the, you know, my opponent every week. And they're like, what players am I rooting against? Well, I mean, I play, I mean, I have literally hundreds upon hundreds of fantasy teams every year now. And so it's like, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm rooting for every player and I'm rooting against every player somewhere. It's, yeah, the regular season, I I don't pay attention to it. But now, now you can start to get hyper focused. Now, what's my exposure look like on my best ball teams that made it through? And then you get down to that really, that, that final championship week you know what right combination uh gets me you know the big prize you know all that stuff is so much fun so uh that'll be fun we're gonna kind of play with an open hand here uh over the past couple of weeks and you know hopefully the listeners can root for our squads along with us and like dave said if you've got a team that is super live and you want to talk about it on the air over the next couple of weeks hit us up on twitter uh And we will uh, review your team if it is interesting enough to warrant our attention. (laughs) All right, so Dave, give me a drop. Let's talk some waivers. (laughs) All right, Uh, Bjorn has been crushing win the waiver wire on Redovis.com all season long, and his momentum has not uh, waned here in in the final weeks, which is great because you know, in I think in. Public leagues, there are some opportunities really to take advantage of from a strength of schedule streaming uh, opportunity. And then also there's some depth chart stuff going on uh, at running back and wide receiver that could tilt some leagues. So not only do we have some obvious picks here from Bjorn, we also have some stashes um, that are maybe just a cut below a little bit deeper. So some of these players could possibly be available in – Uh, you know, like an FFPC dynasty league or a more competitive league or maybe a 14 team league. So this isn't just going to be, you know, super vanilla stuff. There are going to be a couple interesting names here. So Dave, we started off with Matthew Stafford. who's actually available in two thirds of ESPN leagues and he's Bjorn's waiver wire streamer of the week. And I mean, he's really been on a bit of a heater then. Uh, he's thrown for three touchdowns in three straight games, scored more than 22 fantasy points in each of the past three games, and the Rams have scored uh, 10 total passing uh, touchdowns in the past three games. So Stafford, as good as it gets, I think this is dovetailing nicely with the return of Kyron Williams, who has been a factor in the passing attack, and then Cooper Cup looking a little bit healthier week by week by week. You know, All of a sudden, the Rams are looking more like the offense that you and I had dreamed about um this past summer. So Safford out there uh available in two thirds of leagues, and now he's got a pretty good uh remaining schedule. So he uh has the second best matchup this week, uh playing against the commanders. And, you know, so not only are you picking him up, you're starting him right away, and then you know, who knows? I mean, if he goes for three touchdowns a fourth week in a row, This could be a a multiple week starting situation and maybe you draw some bad matchup with one of your studs or, you know, you lost yet, you know, one of the other quarterbacks that's gone down over the past couple of weeks. So um, Dave, why don't you highlight uh, Ty Chandler for us at running back?
3: Yeah. So Ty Chandler um, and we know here that uh, he has been trending in the correct direction Uh, Alexander Madison had to exit the game early uh, in the second half with an ankle sprain. So Chandler comes in, took 11 of the 13 running back opportunities for Minnesota. um, Ends up having a decent game here. And if we're looking forward, uh, Madison could miss a game or two. We're going to have Chandler... Getting the vast majority of the running back work. And the thing that Bjorn notes here is that the Vikings play the Bengals in week 15. Uh, according to the Advanced Stats Explorer, we see that they are below average against the run in a whole variety of categories, especially notable. Here is they are number two and highest rush yards per carry allowed, as well as success rate, uh, which is pot plays with positive EPA allowed. So we would expect that running game for the Vikings to keep the chains moving. We would expect that Ty Chandler will have a decent, uh, if not very sizable, amount of that workload. And this is a good spot to get him in because, you know, not only is it looking like you're going to have the backfield be largely his, but this is a spot where he's playing a very favorable defense. Then hopefully. You know, he comes out, plays strong, carries that momentum forward, and he might even be usable heading into week 16 and 17. All
1: right, so we've given you a quarterback and a running back. We're going to give you a couple of the wide receivers. We've got to leave a little intrigue out there uh, and get your eyes on Bjorn's article on the site. He he notes about four different wide receivers uh, that should catch your eye. The one that I really want to highlight here is actually Zay Jones. And so, you know, we know Christian Kirk is out for the uh, rest of the season and Zay Jones in 2022, uh, you know, obviously there's no Calvin Ridley in town at that point over the back half of the season had three games where he scored over 20 PPR, including a 34.9 point outburst in week 15 against Dallas. That was, you know, a big time impact in the first week of, you know, the fantasy playoffs and some of the big tournaments. Well, it looks like he's kind of getting at it again in 2023 because he had 14 targets last week, Dave. So, you know, we got no Christian Kirk. All of a sudden, the Jacksonville offense gets a little bit more condensed and Zay Jones is back doing Zay Jones things. I mean, Evan Ingram was leading the way in terms of the actual production, but Jones led all the receivers on the Jags offense in targets and air yards. He actually had 43% air yard share. Um, you know, I know early in his career, he kind of got typecast as a little bit of a, you know, just, uh, you know, around the line of scrimmage type guy, but that hasn't necessarily been the case since he went to Jacksonville. So, you know, he's got a decent schedule. Um, he does have the Ravens this week, but he has the Buccaneers in week 16. And, um, even though the Ravens are a tough matchup, they did allow some big games recently to Keenan Allen and Cooper cup, um, who each got over the century mark from a yardage perspective. And, you know, the, uh, the Tampa defense is really the one that you're circling if you make the, the pickup here. So maybe you're, you're solid at wide receiver and Zay Jones is in an auto start for you in Week 15. Um, even if that's the case, don't let your fantasy playoff opponents roster Zay Jones and bail themselves out. Go ahead and pick him up, and you might be starting him with more confidence in Week 16 in that Tampa Bay uh, opportunity there. There are a couple other wide receiver situations where uh, Bjorn notes it makes sense to make a speculative ad. But Dave, why don't you highlight the tight end opportunity here? Because I think in public leagues, this guy still probably isn't widely rostered in dynasty Yeah, not so much. The ship has sailed on your opportunity to add him back if he had been cut, but there's an opportunity here in Baltimore.
3: Yeah. And this was a player that I saw on a number of benches this weekend and people probably upset that they didn't have him in because he scored 19.3 PPR points, and that is Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Again, we see him highly involved in the absence of Mark Andrews. Uh, Bjorn notes that he was in on the vast majority of pass plays and earned the third most targets on the team. Now, back-to-back weeks, we see him with six or more targets, 40 or more receiving yards, And the really interesting thing pointed out in the article is that the threshold to be a top 12 tight end on a weekly basis is about 10 fantasy points and likely has averaged more than that number of fantasy points from pre touchdown production alone in his two games as the starter. So it's always huge when you have a tight end that you can get numbers like this from absent of a touchdown. So if this player is not out there I think that you need to go and add him. And very honestly, I could imagine there being teams out there where he could actually crack his way into your starting lineup and you end up using him um, in the flex, even if you had another tight end that you were thinking about relying on. Given that target volume, he actually might be a better option than some of the players that you might be looking to add to fill in if you find yourself kind of uh, in some lineup lineup turmoil this week
1: all right beyond Isaiah likely there are a couple stashes Uh, we will let you read the reasons why uh, behind those but they are all running backs Four suggestions on running back that are a cut deeper Um, even some supporting data for why to add somebody like Rico Dowdle Um, so make sure you check that out uh, on road uh, and support Bjorn's work. Dave, let's get a drop. Let's talk about what we're doing with the waivers in one of our dynasty leagues.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With the holidays just around the corner, many people's thoughts will turn to gift giving and what to get for friends and family. And seeing the joy on people's face as they open those gifts can be a truly wonderful experience. Spending time with family unboxing gifts is always one of my true pleasures of the entire year. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Early 2023, I began therapy and I started doing it after thinking about it throughout the holiday season, so very much like I'm talking about today. It is the perfect time to start that process. I have found it very beneficial and my plan is to continue it into 2024. It's been very valuable in helping me learning positive coping skills and balancing the day-to-day tasks and challenges that I have experienced. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash rotoviz.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me,
4: the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website,
1: Right. So the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, aptly named Triflex Superflex Dynasty Best Ball Leagues, $250 league that Dave and I um, drafted Uh, last year. uh, We won the the first title and now we're looking to repeat. And it's a strong bid, Dave. It's a strong looking bid. We are in second place uh, through 14 weeks and we are only 13.36 points back. So it is wide open, man. It is wide open. Um, we've, we've been trailing James Dean, but we've been closing the gap a little bit. And James Dean was, you know, kudos to him. I think he was a main guy we were battling last year as well. But Dave, this is a squad, I'll, I'll just briefly run through it, that is absolutely set up everywhere but quarterback, which has stunk because it is a triflex situation. So <laughs> it's a super flex situation. And I'll save the quarterbacks for last because they're it's interesting. And it kind of dovetails nicely The universe has aligned to give us some opportunity to save this roster. But at running back, we've got Chase Brown, Tony Pollard, James Cook, Kyron Williams, Tyler Algier, and Derrick Henry. I mean, that is just an absolute murderer's row in a best ball situation. All of those players, especially uh, even now seeing what Chase Brown has done in recent weeks, getting the receiving game going a little bit, a little bit of big play action going. I mean, this team is really set up. Then at wide receiver, luckily we've got some usable depth here because we do have a, a Tyreek Hill um, injury and tough matchup uh, situation uh, going into next week against the the Jets. But we've got Tyler Boyd, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, who is looking uh, like he's in his prime again, Mike Evans, George Pickens, Alan Lazard, and Josh Downs, and then at tight end, Tanner Hudson, Cole Komet, and Travis Kelsey. So, I mean, this is absolutely... A, a team that has an unfair advantage from a positional standpoint. I mean, really no weaknesses there at the those uh, three non QB positions. But Dave, we've been limping along for the better part of a month with just Tommy DeVito. <laughs> <know>
2: <laughs> <at> <laughs> it's unbelievable. unbelievable
1: baby. Tommy DeVito. Uh, and, you know, we've got Tommy DeVito. We've had to hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill just in case they got back in their lineup. And this this team, we've still been closing the gap on the leader in the league because Tommy's just been giving us, you know, right around that, you know, QB two QB three line of production to, you know, not let us take a zero. And then the rest of the squad's been doing work. But now there's so much opportunity to add uh, at least one more quarterback here and really give us. Uh, the potential to start to, or at least ensure that we have one solid score Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think the rest of the teams are good enough that we could be starting a non QB in the, the super flex uh, slash triflex spot there. So Dave, in this league, we find Nick Mullins available, Easton stick available and Mitch Trubisky available Of course, you know, Mullins, we would expect at this point, probably to start the rest of the season for Minnesota Easton uh, Easton stick probably going to start the rest of the season in LA and Trubisky could start for, you know, maybe another week. It's just going to depend on um, you know, how it goes with Kenny Pickett and his injury situation. And then also, you know, the Steelers performance. I mean, they're really on a slide if they can get the offense going with uh, Mitch Trubisky, you know, this upcoming week. I mean, Tomlin's got to do what he can do to, to get the team in the playoffs. So we've got an opportunity to add, two of those three quarterbacks, and we've got 764 of our $1,000 FAB remaining. So uh, Dave, I've got them ordered in here um, as Mullins, then Stick, then Trubisky, but I wanted to get your thoughts maybe, uh, and maybe we could use the Strength of Schedule streaming app here because I actually didn't do it. This was just a gut feel. I wanted to go ahead and get uh, waivers in early before the podcast. Let's look at the Vikings and the Chargers rest of season See if there's a reason to go stick over Mullins. Of course, I'm just leaning to the prior NFL experience and the, uh, I give a slight nod on the surrounding talent to Mullins in, in Minnesota there. And then also, we want to cut Alan Lazard to the curb. So while Dave's looking that up, uh, we've got a, a layered bid in on Demarcus Robinson, who's actually gotten 15 targets the last two weeks in LA. And then Parker Washington as an alternative there. A little bit buried in Jacksonville, but he did score a touchdown. And, you know, if we can't get somebody who's had a little bit of volume, then we can add, you know, maybe a sneaky upside play in in Washington. So what do you have there for us on the quarterbacks, Dave? I want to make sure I order them in your right.
3: Yeah, so I think that um, just first of all, the way that you had them ordered is where my mind immediately went as well. And the Strength of Schedule streaming app actually makes this a fairly easy decision for us as Minnesota, between weeks 15 and 18, uh, and actually I should probably stratify this down. So actually let me put this week 15. Let me just go to 17. Minnesota still has the second easiest schedule and that's because they're Mm. facing the Bengals in week 15, Detroit in week 16, Green Bay in week 17. That is of green here for Minnesota. In contrast, the Chargers go uh Las Vegas, Buffalo, Denver, two games significantly in the red. And then that week 17, that crucial week there, real tough matchup. And then finally uh Pittsburgh also with a pretty tough go with it. They have Indianapolis this week, followed by Cincinnati and then Seattle. Uh so pretty comparable for Pittsburgh And Los Angeles, they're both down towards maybe the, you know, bottom 25th percentile. Uh, But this paints a nice story for what Nick Mellons might be able to do in Minnesota. I think on top of that, if you look at the casts that they have, what we know about these players historically Um, maybe you could have made, if we were expecting to have Trubisky around for a little bit longer, you could try to make a case for him. But I think with what is available, uh, to us right now, that's the order in which we'd want to try to address our quarterback situation.
1: Okay. So yeah, we're at a point now where we don't really need to worry about, uh, preserving any more fab. I mean, this team is so deep. It's hard to imagine cutting. Any of the position players other than Lazard at this point. Um, so we, you know, we're gonna have to cut Hill and Garoppolo to the curb. I don't think that they're gonna get in without an injury at this point. And it, right now, we're trying to win a title, so and you know, I mean, we're gonna, yeah, yeah we, long just gotta term, do we gotta do what we do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, long term, um. You could argue that next year you could just string together a couple of random guys that pop up like the Aiden O'Connell's, Jake Browning's of the world next season yeah. if we need and, and piece together. By the way, Jake Browning, sorry to get off topic here, QB4 last week. Absolutely ridiculous uh, what some teams were able to get out of this guy.
1: Good, good luck against the Vikings this week. He has to face Brian Flores and that. De- uh, Jake Browning is going to come crashing back to earth uh, I fear, <laughs> but yeah, he's been a good story so far for sure. Yep. Okay. So that, so that's uh, Dave and I getting straight here on the road of his fantasy football podcast waiver claims over at FFPC where we're playing our high stakes dynasty, just kind of a look, a little bit of a a personal report on how I'm performing uh, in high stakes dynasty over there. Of course I play, you know, a dozen or more leagues over on MFL as well, but we're talking FFPC on this pod all year. Uh, It looks like I'm going to make the playoffs here. The non-best ball leagues. Um, so let's just go with the the re, the uh, weekly roster leagues and uh, two fifty dynasty number ninety seven. I went nine and five, but ended up in seventh place. I was the first man out. Um, mm. So that's that's a tough draw there. That was a squad where I had a little bit of injury trouble, um, and it took a while to get going. I've been missing Mark Andrews, uh, which has really hurt. And I was pretty weak at running back on this squad. Um, Going into the season, Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones were my top two. I couldn't get an off-season deal done uh, for a running back. And then I ended up not getting Kamara, you know, for the first, you know, third or more of the season. Jones was really hurt. So i had been stringing together some starts with like Chuba Hubbard, Justice Hill when he was playing, Deontay Foreman for a bit. And, you know, really this was like a roster management master's class. And I did a pretty good job. I really did, but it really hurt when I lost Mark Andrews. I had to uh, shove Hunter Henry in there and I just couldn't get enough of the quality wins. I fell short on victory points even though I had a nice record. So that team's not gonna make it in, but you know good news looking through the rest of the portfolio. So in 250, Dynasty number 106, I'm actually currently 14 and0 in that one Dave with one seed. Wow um, chance for uh, chance to make history here. And uh, go 17 and 0, so looking good there. Um, when I look at uh, let's see if I go down to the next one. Oh, um, uh, this is a 250 Rotovis Triflex, uh, number 350 or uh, 333. I'm 11 and 3 there, and the two seed, so another buy situation there. Of course, we just talked about our second uh position dynasty best ball here that we co own on the podcast. And if I look at my other best ball dynasties. 250 Superflex 131. I'm in second there. Um, and pros versus Joe's uh, Dynasty number 166. Sean and I made the playoffs there. So we'll try to get into the money in that league. And then looking at best ball 250 209 and 250 260. Also in second place there. So really having tons of success. And the only team that's probably not cashing this year or that certainly won't cash. Um, went nine and five. So I I really can't complain there having so much uh, fun playing uh, and some of these uh, higher stakes dynasty leagues over on FFPC and, you know, can continue to uh, move more of my portfolio over there uh, year after year after year. And then just a note, the podcast also repping in the FFPC pros versus Joe's best ball tournament. I've been co-owning that team with Ryan McDowell over the past couple of years. And we are currently in the top three in our league. Once again, I don't think that Ryan and I have ever finished worse than fifth uh, in our league. And we've either been second or first in all, but that one year where we did finish fifth. So we are within reach of winning our league there. So we'll have to see what happens over the past or uh, over the uh, last couple of weeks there, Dave let's transition to best ball tournament, man. Cause I know you've got a lot going on. I've got a lot going on and maybe we can talk a little bit of exposures or you know, just how, how the podcast performed this year.
3: Sure. So I guess I'll just kind of run through what uh, my underdog situation looks like. Um, As far as exposures go, I don't have anything too drastic to share because I went with a very flat uh, portfolio this year and that there's not many players that I own, you know, more than 20% or that I, you know, that are on more than 20% of my teams. Uh, a couple of the guys that I did have a lot of were James Cook, Tony Pollard, Jalen Waddell, uh, Alan Lazard, Van Jefferson, which didn't really work out. Uh, nice mixture of Brees Hall in there. You know, those type of players we talked about in the offseason. So my best ball mania teams, I entered 70. Uh, 12 of my teams have made their way to the tourney. So that's a 17.14% rate, which I'll take. Um, I did a couple of big board teams before the season started, got four of twelve into the tourney. Um, my most successful though was slow puppies. I did one fifty and I got thirty-six in, which is a twenty-four uh, oh, yeah. percent rate.
1: Yeah. Then that's on crazy.
3: A, yeah, puppy Good. three, I got twenty-four of one fifty, which is sixteen percent rate, so fairly close to what you would expect. Uh yep. then on the last day of Puppy 2, I tried to frantically do as many drafts as I could. I got 110 done. Uh, these teams put together <laughs> very poorly. Some of these, while we were on the um, road and my poor wife was trying to like manage mm. multiple drafts at the same time and, 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 and read things off and get picks in. So we somehow, though, still got 11 of those teams in for 10%, bringing my total advance rate or to get to the tournament of 17.68 on the year uh but you know if i if i take that out of the equation end up with a 19.9% advance rate on the you know ones that i actually was trying to put together really well done teams so you know i'm pretty pleased with that outcome kind of wish that i'd had time to do more best ball mania teams uh but i think that one of the things i have learned and that i would stress especially now after we've been doing underdog for a number of the years is i do think it really is. And you and I have talked about this off air before. It really is to some degree more about getting quality in there than quantity. If you're just trying to toss out a ton of darts and you're not putting these teams together in a thoughtful way, uh, you know, you, you, you see that reflected in the outcomes because there's always a couple of other managers in these leagues that really know what they're doing. And if you're just trying to get lucky, it's just not going to happen because they might get lucky a couple of times as well. Um, Yeah. So as far as my best ball leagues go there at underdog, I'll take it this year. I uh, am pretty pleased. And hopefully, you know, a couple of these teams can continue to make their way throughout the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that advance rate in, in puppy is pretty impressive, man. So kudos to you. Um, any teams that you've, I don't know if you've had a chance to go through your rosters. Do you have any that you feel like, Oh man, this is like, I've got the right combo or have you had a chance to do that yet?
3: Well, it's a little bit tricky. Um, because there's still a couple of my lingering teams that I really liked where Kirk Cousins was one of the quarterbacks.
1: I know. I know. So, I got one like that too. I want to talk about.
3: Yeah. But like, I do have one team that has uh, a Chan, Puka, and um, Brees Hall on it. And uh, yeah. the quarterback's very solid too. I want to say, oh, and Dak is the quarterback. So it's kind of like if we could get one more week, like we had where Chan and Puka really lined up and then Dak continues to go nuts, you know, maybe it could work out. Uh, but I now that I have more clarity on how many teams are going to be going, I can start to kind of crystallize which ones I want to pay the most attention to.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll be following along with your teams week by week here, uh, seeing how your advance rate looks round by round. You know, that's really going to be a big focus over the next month or so. Uh, I also, I, I maxed the big board uh, way back in the spring on underdog. Uh, looks like I got 31 of my 150 through there. Um, so, you know, nice. that's strong you know, 20, 20 plus percent there. Wow. Yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't fare as well from an advance rate uh, in BBM4 uh, this year as I did last year. Last year I had over 30 teams advanced. This year I only had 18 teams advance. I had a ton of third place teams. And so I fell short of where I wanted to be. Um, but I did have a team finish 123rd overall.
3: Yeah, it's impressive.
1: Um, so, so uh, to your point about the, the quality getting in there, I mean, I only got 12% of my teams through, which is um, you know below where I would want to be, and, and actually under expectations. Uh, only about 75% uh, versus expectation. But I do have um, a fair amount of quality in there. I did have a pair of top 10,000 teams in the regular season. And um, I, I have tons of exposure uh, to all the right players in underdog um, in various combinations. So I'm, uh, I've got 49 teams between those 300 entries uh, in those two big tournaments at underdog that are live. And Dave, on DK, on DraftKings, yep. I crushed 54 of 149 teams advanced
3: um, dude I might, I might have to start doing DK next year <laughs> uh, just,
1: well, well the key the key is so the big key for me was is that I drafted every single one of those teams after August 1st yeah um, and so I, I think it's uh, it's probably less about that it was on DK versus underdog and more about it was a late decision for me that makes to, sense to get into that game and so my exposure just looks different. Um, there, and then also, you know, you do have some things like you know your big game bonuses, and it's you know it's a PPR versus a half PPR, and so there, you know, there's there's some nuance there. Um, it'll be interesting over the next couple of years to see how that plays out because you know I had enough enough fun doing it, uh, and now I was able to kind of replicate some of my uh, results because I, ha- I have done very well uh, in an underdog best ball mania over the years. I did in best ball mania two, I had a top twenty five finish. And so, you know, I love these big tournaments, but I'm pretty excited now to have 54 bullets um, in, you know, the DK final. So overall, looking at four, I only had 149 teams there. I, I actually fell short, frantically trying to get to the 150 there as well. That one
3: team was going to make the
1: difference, Curtis. That one team may have made the difference. So yep. I did, I had a, t- a 23% advance rate over, awesome. four, over 449 uh, best ball tournament drafts. Wow, uh, on those on those two, so that that you know, I, I can forgive myself for underperforming in in uh, BBM for, uh, making up for it with some strong performance in big board and, and DK. We got to talk FFPC though, too, Dave, because we've got uh, we've got a best ball tournament team co owned here by the podcast. Yep, uh, that made it into the tournament. I think I've got five teams that made it through. I wanted to look at our roster here uh, on our our co-owned team because it looks pretty good. Um, we've got Sam Howell and Justin Fields at quarterback. Yep. I mean, I love that absolutely love that combo uh, for the tournament. I mean, we've got uh, a pair of potential top five quarterbacks going that we can alternate week to week with. That running back on this team, we've got Raheem Mostert and James Cook leading the way. Uh, supplemented by Tyler Algier, Antonio Gibson, who could be a nice factor over the last uh, month of the season, Gus Edwards, and hey, Jarek McKinnon could even get some run with things looking a little bit different there in Kansas City. At uh, wide receiver, Dave, we've got Keenan Allen, uh, Marquise Brown, JSN, Jerry Judy, uh, Curtis Samuel uh, uh, are the, the name-worthy guys. And then Travis K- Man, we had a combo of Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I know, I know. That team was just unfair for a while. So good. Yes, yeah, so good. Had we not had that injury, but I feel good about this squad. I mean, I think this squad could really make a run. So we'll make sure that we we keep people, you know, updated there. I did have uh yeah, it looks like three other best ball tournament teams that were solos, made it through. I had a super flex best ball tournament, make it through on FFPC as well. And then I just had one bullet that I put in the never too early best ball tournament. That's not one that I've typically played. It drafts super early. Like I think even before the NFL draft, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And uh, I went one for one there. And this team is nuts, Dave. Like I think this team could win it. I think this team could win it all. So I've got, uh, uh, let me pull up this the squad. I was looking at it earlier. I haven't paid attention to the squad all year. So Dak Prescott at quarterback, uh, with Will Levis behind him. Um, and then the running backs are Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, Brees Hall, Rashad White, Deontay Foreman, Tyler Algier, uh, which is just pretty nuts. And then at wide receiver, uh, Deandre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, who's been really hot of late, Adam Thielen and supplemented with, uh, Christian Watson, Isaiah Hodgins, K.J. Osborne. And then this is an Evan Ingram, Trey McBride team.
3: Oh, and tight end preview. oh that's nice. So,
1: yeah, and so for Picking never too the right early, time. Yeah, I mean, never too early. I don't even think that you know some of these players that hit, I mean, Adam Thielen was going really late. Trey McBride, I don't think even was getting drafted all the time. And then, you know, this, this team just wouldn't have been possible to build uh, even in late July, right. uh, let alone August or September. So I'm pretty excited about that one. We're saving the best for last, though, Dave. We got to talk about our main event squad because we're going in to the main event uh, final month here with a ninety seventh uh, overall rated team here, co owned by the podcast. So we're I really know. pumped about that. We did advance one of our four teams. It, it's I'm really not even crazy. sure it's the
3: best team though, which is crazy it's there, it's how really it worked not. out. I don't think it is. We had one team that's an absolute <laughs> monster that somehow yeah, we wasn't an, able to do it.
1: So, so frustrating. We had a nine and three squad miss out. And we had to watch that nine and three squad put up nearly 200 points, um, this past week and just knowing that it wasn't going to matter. Uh, but we do, we do have a live bullet in here and you know, I think it's a team that, you know, we're, we're, I mean, to win it all, you, you do need a little bit of luck, Mm -hmm. but I think this team is good enough to make a run. I mean, when I look at this, Hey, you've got Josh Allen, we've got the deadly combo of Kyron Williams and Christian McCaffrey at running back. And we've got Brees Hall, who's looking hot all of a sudden. Ezekiel Elliott, who we boldly started last week. Uh, Adam Thielen and Chris Olave at wide receiver are top two options. But we do have Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton, and Jahan Dotson uh, to choose from, uh, depending on what we need. We've got Brock Purdy. Hey, Curtis, there.
3: it just occurs to me, and sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But you know what's actually really great, fantastic about this? I can remember, and I think the question was in good faith, but I think we might've been doing a show where we drafted this team. Maybe not, but it had a similar mixture of players. And somebody asked us like, where's the league winning upside on this? And we were talking about like, it's Adam Thielen and guys like that that are being overlooked. Right. And sure enough, that's what came to fruition.
1: Yeah, so we got flamed. Um, this was one that we did live on the air, and and people were criticizing the Thielen and Zeke picks. And and all Thielen did was, you know, be it an anchor for this team the first, you know, two and a half months of the season and and Zeke was, you know, one of the reasons we were able to win the title yeah, uh, yeah. this past week. And so so, you know, this team would have already been in the playoffs, but you know, this is already a six thousand dollar team for us now, uh, because of that combination. And I mean it's really interesting, man, because we're going to have to monitor what's going on in, in in New England. I mean, we have some uniqueness here, being able to start Evan Ingram and Trey McBride if we want to go double tight end in a given week. Um, we've got a, a nice stable of wide receivers. We'll have to use your uh, wide receiver matchup uh, work in our GLSP tools each week to make sure we're optimizing this lineup. This This squad can absolutely win the title. I mean, we've got the yeah. Cleveland Browns defense. We've got the Denver defense. Um, we, we planned ahead with two kickers and we've got Josh Allen and Brock Purdy a quarterback. I think if we can choose, right. Yeah. I mean, this, this team could absolutely win mega cash. We've just got to, you know, we're going to have to really put our work in on our start, starting lineup each week. And so that'll be really fun to go through, uh, with you on Thursday, uh, this week.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a very fun season thus far. And yeah. this is when it really heats up. All right. So good luck to everybody out there. Hopefully you've had uh, similar success this season and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Roto-Viz fantasy football show. Send us questions at RVFFshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dave Cabin and at CPatrick NFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review and subscribe.